Amen. Open your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And if you need a Bible, please grab one right there in the back of the pew in front of you. Mark chapter 4. If you need a Bible, we would love for you to take that Bible with you. And so please grab one, keep it open through the whole sermon, Mark chapter 4. We are in the second week of a sermon series titled, Who's Your One? Who's Your One? And in this series, we are reading the scripture and hearing the call of Christ upon us that each one of us make a commitment to answer the call that Christ placed on all believers 2,000 years ago that we go into all the world. This is not a new initiative that we're doing. This is thousands of years old where Christ is calling us as his people to make a commitment to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we're asking every single person to make a commitment to pray for one person and share the gospel with that same one person. One person for whom you will be praying every day and that same one person with whom you will share the gospel. Who's your one? And so this morning in our Sunday school classes, uh, we had buckets of ping pong balls all over the church campus. And this is what we're asking just for this to be a visual representation. And so we're asking you to take a Sharpie Write down, write down the initial, could be the initial of their first name, initial of their last name. It could be their first name. Whatever you want to do, write that down on a white ping pong ball and at door number one and door number 11. And I want our church family to see that we are making a commitment to pray for one person and share the gospel with them. And so that's what this is all about. And so last week we opened the series with this one sentence. It comes in Mark chapter 4, verse 3, and it says, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And so this morning, I want us now to take that parable, the parable that was introduced last week. Let's now join in our hearts with our Bibles. Let's take this whole parable and Jesus' explanation of it. And boy, my prayer this morning is that we would start right here in these first two verses. And so listen again to the word of God, verses 1 and 2 of Mark chapter 4. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teachings he said to them, I'm hoping that verses 1 and 2 will come true right here this morning. Because friends, I want you to know, the Christ that lives in me, all I'm doing is standing on his behalf this morning. I am an ambassador for Christ, just like every person who calls upon the name of the Lord in salvation. Every single one of us is an ambassador for Christ. I'm standing on his behalf this morning. And I'm praying that the word of the Lord that is in the scripture, that we would draw in close to listen to what God has to say to us this morning. Here we go, verse 3. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Now, other seed fell on rocky ground, 
where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning early on, you have placed in my heart and prompted my heart to pray that my heart, Lord, I want my heart to be good soil this morning. Lord, I want to hear what you're saying. And Lord, I don't want to just hear it, Lord. I want to accept it. And Lord, I want to bear fruit. And so, Lord, I pray that prayer for every single one that's listening here in this worship center or they're listening on the internet. Lord, I pray that our minds, our hearts, our spiritual ears would be open. Lord, I pray that Satan would not be able to distract us this day. Lord, I pray that our heart would be focused on you and what you desire of us. Lord, I pray for commitments to be made this morning. Lord, I pray for someone to be saved. Lord, I pray that someone today would begin a journey of following Christ. Lord, I pray that there would be hearts rededicated to you. Lord, I pray that you would add to us and call out from us. Lord, I pray that every single one of us who have called upon the name of Christ would answer the call of Christ today to pray and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And Lord, may you receive the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord, may revival begin today. And we're going to thank you and praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, let's make sure that in the first verses where Jesus is simply telling the parable, that we pick up on the very simple understanding of what he's wanting to, for them to hear. All right, number one, this parable is about sharing. 
This parable is about sharing. That's why Jesus opens, and, and I'm not talking about sharing like, hey, you need to share your toys. I'm talking about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, sharing what God has placed in us, sharing it with others. And the reason we know that is because Jesus opens this parable by saying, listen, listen. He's wanting them to take what has been given to them, and he says, a sower went out to sow. Take it in, and then listen, a sower went out to sow. This is about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. But let me show you how how else we can see that. I want you to go with me to Mark 1. So just back up a couple of chapters. Mark chapter 1, I want you to see something that Mark is doing in his gospel to help us to understand why this gospel is right here in this place. Because, folks, I want you to know, this is the first time that Jesus has begun teaching in parables. Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3, not a single parable. Mark 4, this is the first parable, and it's a parable about the kingdom. It's a parable about sowing the gospel. All right? So look at Mark chapter 1. Look at verse 21. It says, and they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. Now look at verse 39. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Mark 1, 21, he's in the synagogue. Mark 1, 39, he's in the synagogue. Look at Mark chapter 3, verse 1. The scripture says, again, he entered the synagogue. What Mark is showing us in these first three chapters is that Jesus' ministry began by him teaching and preaching in the synagogues. And folks, that's a beautiful example. That means that in the, in the, in the church, in where the people of God gather, we are to teach and preach the word of God. All right? But now, look and see what happens then Right there after Mark 3, chapter 1, join me now in verse 7, and let's see a turning point in Jesus' ministry. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great crowd followed. Right? So from this point forward, Jesus opened his ministry. He went to the synagogue. And again, he went to the synagogue. Mark chapter 3, and he went to the synagogue. He has been preaching and teaching in the synagogues, but now for the first time, he has withdrawn. He's going to go up by the Sea of Galilee, and there he is going to preach and teach. Now, again, let's understand something here. Yes, within the walls of this church, we are to teach and preach the Word of God, but we are also supposed to follow the example of Jesus Christ that we go outside the synagogue And we also share out there. Folks, whenever we just open the doors, it's wonderful to say, boy, I hope we have a a great crowd today. I hope a lot of people come. Absolutely. We want people to be here. But folks, please know the lost world is out there. And Jesus went outside the synagogue to show us what it means to share the word of God. Look with me at at chapter 3. Look at the very next thing that happens after that passage. It's in verse 13. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him, and he pointed 12 so that he might be with them, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach. Friends, I hope we're picking up on this parable. 
It's a parable of the sower, and let's make sure that we don't miss the very basic understanding of it, which is Jesus has been teaching in the synagogues. Now he's going to go outside the synagogues to where the masses are. Second of all, he's now sent out the 12 so that they might preach. He is showing us this is about sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. But what's also not missed that this parable is about hearing as well. And it's because not only does it begin with a sower went out to sow, which is about sharing, but boy, over and over again throughout the whole parable, we keep hearing that word hearing. And again, I did this last week, but you remember in, in the explanation that Jesus gives, and these are the ones where the word is sown when they hear. That's verse 15. Verse 16, the ones who when they hear. In verse 18, and others are the ones, they are those who hear the word. Over and over again, he's talking about hearing. And again, we can see that if you look at verse 9 of chapter 4, and he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so Jesus is making a really strong point here that this is not only about sharing, but it's about hearing. And so folks, we need to understand that this morning, in this crowd that is gathered right here, four different types of hearing are going to go on. For some, you'll hear the word of God and it will go in one ear and out the other. For some, they'll hear it and they'll say, I, I kind of like that. I, I think I want some of that. But then there's no reading of the word. There's no following through. And so because there's no root system, as soon as someone at work says something to you like, okay, so please tell me you don't really believe that there was someone who was born of a virgin. Please tell me you don't actually believe that. And, and you, well, okay, and, and please tell me that you don't believe that like he rose from the dead. Please tell me. I mean, of all the crazy things, please tell me you don't believe that. And so as soon as we start getting that persecution, that tribulation, we, yeah, 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 I was, I just, for a little while, I, I kind of was interested in it, but that's not really me anymore. Okay, so then you have a third soil that right here in this group, there's going to be those that they hear it, and it sounds good, and, and they even kind of, I think I want to I want to be a part of this but then the desires of the world all the things that we're so busy with the deceitfulness of riches you know we we were able to buy something and and now we're not going to be around as much on Sundays anymore the lord has really blessed us we've we've gotten some money and so we're we're not going to be able to be here as much anymore and, 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 Pastor, there's just so many other things that, that draw our attention away. The desires of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of other things enter in and it chokes out the word. And so I want you to look then at one more verse here before we move on. Look at verse 21, 23. At the very end of this explanation, Jesus says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. Pay attention 
to what you hear. Because, friends, what happens anytime we open the Word of God? Huge, eternal things are happening in every single individual. And so we've got to understand uh, three verses of Scripture that are crucial to this. And I want you to know before we read them, many theologians will say these are three of the toughest verses in all of the Gospels to understand. And so go with me to verses 10 through 12. Mark 4. And when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but not perceive, hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Man, that's tough. First of all, I want you to know what Jesus is doing is quoting the Old Testament. God had spoken those words to the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. And whenever we read it, if we don't understand what God was doing through the prophet Isaiah, if we don't understand what Jesus is doing, then we could read that and say, okay, is Jesus saying that he doesn't want people to repent, that he doesn't want people to be forgiven of their sins? And folks, absolutely not. That is not what Jesus is saying here. So what is he saying? What he's saying is that every time the word of God goes out, one of two things is going to happen. Either a person's heart will be convicted, it will be softened and warmed to the things of God, or it will grow colder and harder. One of two things is going to happen. The same thing will happen this morning. Because there are times when a person can say, you know what, I went to that church, I heard the singing, I heard the praying, I heard the word of God read, I heard it preached. Walked away, completely unchanged. Didn't get a thing out of it. I walked in there one way, walked out the exact same way, nothing happened. Folks, that will never be the case. But every time the word of God is sung, prayed, read, preached, one of two things is going to happen. Either we will hear it, accept it, and bear fruit out. Our heart will be softened. Or we hear it, and because we reject it, our heart becomes harder. That's what Jesus is saying. That's what God was saying to the, through the prophet Isaiah. One of those two things is going to happen. So a while ago, I mentioned to you that this is the first time that Jesus has started preaching and teaching in parables. And so hang on to this. Now listen. For those who would say, well, what Jesus is meaning here was he was trying to say things to where no one would understand him. Absolutely not. That's why he's teaching in parables. He is using an earthly, an occurrence, something that they're very familiar with, and he's laying alongside it a heavenly truth. He's teaching them something that they know and they understand he's using about seeds and sowing. The people got that in order to lay a heavenly truth alongside of it. Friends, he's using something that they're familiar with because he does want them to understand. And we can gain a lesson from that. A lot of times, I think, as we think about sharing the gospel with someone... 
we think, well, I, I have conversations with people a lot, but I'm never for sure how to all of a sudden just interject a theological truth into the conversation. Folks, you don't need to do that. Listen to what Jesus did. He's sitting there by the seashore. And thank the Lord, I've gotten to be there. He's sitting along by the seashore, and you can picture him. He's in a boat, and they push out a little bit. And off in the distance, can't you picture that someone is out there sowing seed? And he says to the crowd, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And they all turn around, and sure enough, there's a guy out there sowing seed. Did you know that when Jesus taught the Sermon on the Mount, I've gotten to be where they believe that with high probability, this is most likely the area where Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. I've gotten to be there. And it's so fascinating that when you stand, I'm going to turn my back to you for just a second. When you stand in that spot, you stand here where most likely Jesus stood and there's a hillside. And so the group that we get to take to Israel, they're sitting up like that on this hillside. And when you're standing right here, if you look off in that direction, there is a city on the other side of the Sea of Galilee that is perched right up on the side of a hill. And you can hear Jesus saying, a city set on a hill is not meant to be hidden. He's pointing them to something that they can see right there. And if you turn this way, or no, that way, there's a beautiful meadow out there. And you can hear Jesus saying, consider the lilies of the field. You guys, he's using something that is right there because he wants them to understand. He wants them to be able to grab hold of this and hang on to it. Listen, the same thing will happen to you. Someone will say to you, Boy, it sure seems like there's a cough or a bronchitis or respiratory or stomach. It seems like there's something going around right now. Oh, there is. And you know what? Every time I hear about, oh, there's a bug out there, it reminds me that I need to talk with the Lord and say, Lord, I need you. And, and it's because I believe that only the Lord is the one who can give me good health and can sustain me. And whenever I do get sick, I know that the Lord's right there with me. All you're doing is laying a heavenly truth right along an earthly occurrence that's happening. Friends, did you know that every single conversation that you have, there's going to be something in that conversation that you can use to help point that person to Jesus Christ. That's all he's doing. Because he does want them to hear. He does want them to understand but he doesn't want them to believe on just the bread level. Do you remember Jesus is going to feed thousands? And the scripture will tell us that after feeding the thousands, many of them were, were chasing after him. Why? Because he had fed them and they wanted to eat again. They were hungry again. But Jesus was, doesn't want us to believe on just the physical, the food level. 
He wants us to go deeper. And so he teaches in parables, first of all, because that's an everyday occurrence that they can understand. But he's also teaching in parables because it will be only the one who has spiritual ears, who desires to understand the things of God that will desire the explanation. And so let me give you an, an illustration. So I want you to picture that a husband, a man, is there at the seaside and he's hearing Jesus teach. And after hearing Jesus teach, he goes home that evening and he says to his wife, I heard the teacher that everyone had been talking about. I heard the rabbi. And the wife says, what did he say? And he says, craziest thing. He talked about planting seeds. What? He talked about this guy who was going out planting seeds and the birds ate some and the rocks the shallow and, and that's, that's what he talked about? Yeah, craziest thing. And yet she's thinking, surely there's something more. And it, it stirs in her heart that she wants to hear what is it that he's saying? I want to understand this. And so for the one, it was just kind of an interesting story about planting seed. But for the other one, there's got to be more to it than this. And so Jesus taught in parables because he didn't want them to just take him on the bread level. He wants them to seek him with all their heart. All right. Four principles then that I want us to gain from these parables. Here we go. Number one, soil is a great way to understand the human heart. Soil is an accurate metaphor for the human heart. And, and you know why? Because you see, in the way that God designed soil, all the nutrients that are in that soil are already there. In the way God designed it, the soil has the nutrients in order to receive the seed. And when that seed is planted in there, all the nutrients are already there in order for that soil to grab hold of that seed, for that seed to break down, for it to produce. That's the way soil, the way God designed it, the nutrients are already there. Well, that's a picture of the human heart. Did you know that that person for whom you'll be praying and with whom you will share the gospel, did you know that that person was created in the image of God? And because they were created in the image of God, just like you, their heart is designed to worship. Everything is necessary in that human soul in order for that, the same longings that you have, the same longing for unconditional love, the same longing to stand right before God, the same longing to, be, to, to have joy and peace. Did you know that that person has those same longings because they were created in the image of God? Soil is also a beautiful and accurate metaphor, and it's because soil can become hard. And I want you to think about any path that you've ever walked down, a soil path. If it was a hardened path, it's because over the years, a lot of people have trampled on that same pathway over and over again. 
And, and friends, what I want you to hear in that, does, that means that the folks that you're going to be praying for and committing to share the gospel with, there's a lot of hurts out there in our world. Sometimes hearts have gotten hardened because folks have trampled on their heart for a lot of years. Now listen to what I'm about to say. That's why we pray. You remember the very first thing we're asking you to do, we're asking you to make two commitments. There is one person for whom I will be praying. And it's because when you are praying for that person, God is working in that person's heart, tilling up that ground. That ground that has gotten trampled on and walked on and hurts and sorrows, God is stirring up when you pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for the one that God has laid on your heart. Soil is an accurate metaphor. Here's the second thing I want us to remember that this parable teaches us Satan will be opposing. And so this morning, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat this at all because I'm, what I'm supposed to do is preach the word of God. And Jesus makes very clear, Satan will be opposing. So at no point in this whole series am I ever going to stand up here and say, hey, listen, you go share the gospel and man, that person will rush the aisle in fits of repentance. If you'll just go share, you're going to have success. I'm not going to say that. Satan will be opposing. As a matter of fact, this parable teaches that one of the first lines of that of opposition that Satan brings is Satan just tries to distract you. He says there's some that fell on a path and it was a hardened path and immediately Satan comes, the birds come and just pick it up and it's gone. Did you know that every time you come to worship, one of the first things that Satan will want to do is just get you to look around and, yeah, I wonder who's here this morning. Oh, I, I kind of like what he has. I do not like what she has on. He'll just try to distract you and get you to look around and see who all's here. And then it may be that something happens in the service that the Holy Spirit wants to convict your heart about. And, and Satan will say, oh, you know what? I, don't you wish that oh so-and-so was here this morning? They sure needed to hear that. He just wants to, dis to distract us away from what God's wanting to do. You see, friends, we are to gather as a people, and that's because the book of Hebrews says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together because we stimulate one another. We encourage one another. Whenever we come together, that's what God wants to do is encourage and stimulate in each one of our hearts the worship of our one true God. And what God wants to do, Satan always wants to take to the opposite. And so by gathering together, Satan will use that to, oh, yeah, take a look over there. You haven't seen that person in a while. I wonder what's going on in their life. Or the cares of the world. As you're sitting there listening to the sermon, Satan wants to remind you, you know what? You've got a ton going this afternoon. Boy, as soon as the service is over, you need to be lined out of there because you've got a lot going on. He will do everything he can to distract. Satan will be opposing. Here's the third thing I want us to understand. Seeing a person trust Christ is just the beginning. Now, you remember 
in the first soil, it was hardened soil. And as soon as the word was preached, boy, Satan just one ear and out the other. But the second one was shallow soil and it sprung up with joy. And so someone, someone trusts Christ as Savior and we rejoice and boy, we should. But I want you to know that then is why we have churches. Because that one who has received Christ, we are then praying that that person will follow the Lord in baptism and will join themselves to a local body of believers where they can start getting that root system. Because, friends, this parable is sure teaching us that without a good root system, we'll wither away. The very first psalm, Psalm 1 He who delights in the law of the Lord, he who meditates day and night is like a tree planted by the waters whose roots go down. Its leaf does not wither and it prospers. That's what God desires to happen. And so, friends, when a person trusts Christ, praise the Lord. But I want you to know a person crying at salvation is not the indication that true salvation has taken place. A person walking then with Jesus Christ. That that was the day that they began the journey of following Jesus Christ. This parable is so clear that it is in bearing fruit. That is the indication that salvation has taken place. And so friends, this morning, please, everyone, really listen to this. I need to hear what I'm about to say. Please hear this. If you're saying, well, I want you to know, Pastor, I'm saved, I just don't bear fruit. That's just not what I'm called to do. The scripture does not give us that option. If the life of Jesus is in you, it will bear fruit. And so for the person who's saying, well, okay, you can say that all you want. I, I, I know that there's never, ever been any fruit in my life. You can't see the fruit of the Spirit in me. I don't share. I really don't even want to be in worship. But pastor, don't worry about me. I'm saved. Please listen to the word of God. There was only one heart that bore fruit. And that was the heart who heard the word, accepted it, and bears fruit. And so here's the last principle. We are to focus in on sowing and trust God with the success. We're to to focus in on sowing and trust God with the success. Listen to again how the parable opens. Listen. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed. And that's it. The rest of the parable has absolutely nothing to do with the sower. And as he sowed, our responsibility is to focus on the sowing. Sow the word of God. Sow the word of God. Commit to having a gospel conversation with someone. Pray for that individual. Look for opportunities. We are to focus on sowing. 
And I even love the phrase, and as he sowed. Because, friends, when the, script, when, when the Lord really penetrated my heart on this parable, what I got from that is, you know what? Sometimes I just view getting to like a Sunday morning sermon as the opportunity to sow the gospel or getting to do a wedding ceremony or a funeral service. Those are opportunities to sow the gospel. But that phrase, and as he sowed, really showed me that you know what? Every single activity I do every day is an opportunity to sow the gospel. And so my wife says, hey, can you run to the store? Well, in the past, I've always, the first thing I picture is I walk in and it's like all of a sudden that store becomes two football fields wide and a quarter of a mile deep and I am completely lost and overwhelmed. That's the first thing that happens. And so whenever she's asked that in the past, oh, I don't want to go to the store. Anything else, anything else you want me to do, just don't send me to the store. But now, you know what? It's not just a trip to the store. It's an opportunity to sow the seed. Lord, let there be someone that I get to sow the seed of the gospel with. You need to go put gas in the car. I had a conversation the other day with a man at the gas pump. We talked about the Lord. I, I'm telling you right now, I don't even remember how, how we got into it. But we did. Everything we do is an opportunity to sow the seed of the gospel. And so you focus in on the sowing and trust God with the success. Because a lot of times whenever we read that parable, the first thought we have is, man, our batting percentage is really bad. Our batting average, I mean, out of four seeds, only one of them. It's a 25% chance. And so we could focus, what Satan wants to do is to focus on the negative and say, wow, only one. No, the point that Jesus was making, he is preaching the kingdom of God and he is saying to them, you focus on sowing and the harvest is sure. You just keep sowing. So I'm not saying to you that that one that you are going to be praying for and commit to share the gospel with, I'm not telling you that that one will come to know Christ. I'm not saying that. I've already said to you, the scripture is teaching us Satan will oppose you. But I am saying to you that the scripture tells us you sow the gospel and the harvest is sure. There will be someone and the soil will be good and 30, 60, 100 fold. We be faithful. We are to be faithful to sow the word. And so this morning, I got to put, and, and I'll tell you what I did. There's a husband and wife that I'm so burdened with. And so I put both their names on a white ping pong ball. And I just want it to be a representation a visual representation. Lord, there is one or uh, one couple that I'm going to commit every day, Lord. I want to pray for that individual, that couple. And Lord, I, I want to share the gospel with them.
And so we did it in a lot of our Sunday school, or hopefully all the Sunday school classes did it. If you didn't get a chance to do it before you leave today, out door number one or door number 11, would you just take a moment, take a white ping pong ball and a Sharpie, and you might just want to put the initial, the first name or last name. Folks, the Lord knows who that person is. It's not for us to know. But a visual representation, Lord, I'm committing myself to pray and to share the gospel with one person. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that if there's someone here who's never taken the first step, Lord, I pray that this would be the day. Father, I pray for recommitted hearts. Lord, I pray that each one of us is making a commitment to answer your call. Lord, we're not answering the call of our Sunday school class or the call of the church or the call of the pastor. We are answering the call of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that if there's someone here that says, I've always told people I'm saved, but there's never been any fruit in my life. Lord, I pray that someone today would trust Christ as Savior. Lord, add to us and call out from us. And we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Stand with me as we have this time of invitation. As the Holy Spirit leads, you come. Pray at the altar. Come and talk with someone.